The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask that you would work in our lives and in our community in such a way to make us whole, that we might serve you by serving others. Amen. So, this gospel text here is one that is one of the simpler ones in a lot of ways. We have a fairly straightforward account of things, but it's also one that makes us a little uncomfortable. Jesus and his disciples had just been to the synagogue, and last Sunday's gospel, you heard about him having this big shouting match with this unclean spirit that he then throws out. And now, after that kind of hungry work, they decided to figure out whose house was closest, and they headed to Simon Peter's house. Now, if you're Somebody who grew up Catholic, I know your first thought is, I didn't know he was married. Yes, he was married. They show up at his house, and his mother-in-law is sick. They start pointing this out to Jesus. He goes, takes her by the hand, touching a woman who is sick, and lifting her up. And then comes the phrase that we're uncomfortable with. And she began to serve them. That's where we start getting all excited. Well, they should have been serving her. She was in bed ill, and, you know, the first thing she has to do is hop up and start serving them. In fact, then we start thinking, was that the plan all along? Gosh, we're hungry. What do we do? What do you mean she's sick? Well, I guess I have to go heal her. And then we get uncomfortable. When we talk about this kind of text in Mark, There's a lot of time between us and this text. The Greek word for serve there is diakonos. In English today, we talk about deacons, or we might in the life of the church talk about the diaconate, the ones who serve. In fact, the original sense of it was to wait on tables, in a sense. It often had a very specific reference to the idea of food, 
for those who were hungry. There's a power in this text if we allow ourselves to step by our modern sensibilities and read this text for what it is. Jesus Christ is going throughout the land, restoring people who are broken, restoring people who are sick, who are held captive by unclean spirits, so that they might return to their rightful place in the community, restored and whole. Every healing story in Mark just about has that same sense of things. Somebody is ill and they've been removed from the community because they can't get up or because others are fearful or whatever the case might be. And these people are healed and brought back to their place, we might say, in our midst. They are made whole so that they might serve. But who's the, who's the they in this story, right? Who are these people? Did anybody screen them? Are they really sick? Are they friends of Jesus? Now, in this account, we don't have the sense that he's met Simon's mother-in-law before, but uh, certainly a connection there. But notice how the story goes then. He healed many, casting out many demons healing many diseases and illnesses. The entire town came out. Seems like a pretty low bar. The entire town, everybody. Oh, my arm hurts if I go like this, you know? (laughs) It's my dad's favorite saying, well, don't don't do that. (laughs) But think about all these people who come. Did they deserve... His help? Did they deserve it? Doesn't seem to be a concern of the gospel writer. There wasn't some sense that we had the disciples with clipboards walking out through the crowd and saying, Now, do you have insurance? What's your copay? Are you employed? We're going to need to do a credit check on you so that we're certain that you can compensate us appropriately. I don't know if we should help this person. They seem a little too too lazy. We're looking to help people who can, you know, help themselves to some extent. No, that's not in the Gospel text at all. In fact, if you read any healing account in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, any healing account, whether the person was lazy, worked hard, deserved it, was nice, was not, none of those factors seemed to play. The only factor is that they had once been whole and no longer were. That seems to be the main criteria as to how we fall into they. They came that they might be restored to wholeness. And that's kind of an odd sense of things. So everybody is coming out so that they can hear the new sermon from this new hot rabbi in Galilee. 
They've heard he's great? No. They're not coming out because they heard about the newest and greatest Sunday school program on the eastern side of the Mediterranean? No, that's not why they're there. They're not there because he's debuting a brand new book that he has written, 12 Steps to Wholeness, and he's signing them. No, they're coming because they're sick and they're broken. That's why they're coming. It's kind of a curious piece out of all of the things. Now, last week we heard that Jesus gave an amazing sermon, which is not at all recorded in the text. What is recorded is people came to him in pain and he healed them. So who is they? They is everyone. And what are they there for? They're there to be made whole. And I think the last piece of the equation here is for what purpose? Why is Jesus concerned about these people being made whole? What's next? Well, at the beginning of the text, we heard about the mother-in-law who immediately hops up and begins to serve. Diakonos. But we also hear about what it's not about in this text. It's interesting. Simon Peter finds Jesus and says, everyone is searching for you. No, they're not searching. In the text, you might have heard my emphasis as I was reading it. Simon Peter went out and hunted for him. There is no good that comes from the word hunted. It's never used in a positive sense in Scripture. Simon Peter is after Jesus for his own aims in a way. You can picture him as he is hiking around in the dark wondering what's going to happen, thinking, I can add on to my house. We could add staff. We could make like this huge hospital thing and people could come. We would be huge. He is hunting after Jesus that people might be made whole so that Simon Peter might personally benefit. That's not why we are made whole. Simon Peter finds him and says, we've been hunting, searching for you for hours. Everybody is looking, not just me, but everybody is looking for you. And you notice what Jesus answers? The Greek is a little fuzzy here, but he essentially says, we're not doing what you want, Simon. (laughs) He says, we're going to go to the next town, and we're going to share the good news there. And it's not the next greatest 12-step book. It's not this new advanced Bible study curriculum that he's just written. It's not even a sermon, although he will give some of those. But it is to find those who are broken and make them whole. So if it's not for our self-benefit, we see in Simon Peter's mother-in-law what the true purpose of our being made whole is. To serve others in their need. So I think the challenge for us is when we hear this word of grace that washes away grief and pain, it allows us to serve others 
in their grief and pain. We are called to reach out. That's why God has acted in creation, sensing the brokenness all around, that we might be made whole, so we might go out and serve others, that they too might be made whole. Being mindful that we're not screening them first, we're not finding out who's worthy of our assistance, but rather, given that Jesus worked on our behalf in spite of ourselves, we too are made whole to serve all. Amen.